On your New Year's Day edition of Locked on Raptors, the Toronto Raptors have new players and they played in a game and the team kind of looked normal again. We will dig into the debuts of Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett and talk about so much more from the Raptors 124-120 win over the Cavs on New Year's Day. It's all coming up with today's show. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. going on and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is New Year's Day, Monday, January the 1st. You might be listening to this on Tuesday, January the 2nd, but either way, I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that's busted at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can come hang out in the Locked On Raptors Discord server, which has been a really great place to be over the last handful of days since the OG Ananobi for Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett trade. Sorry to pressure the Chua and Malachi Flynn. It's just easier to say three guys' names instead of five. Either way, uh, you can join us in the Discord. The link is in the description of the podcast. It's free to join. We'd love to see you join us over in there uh, of course today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. make every moment more right now new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started a reminder as well you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcast please follow subscribe rate review tell a friend etc etc we're on youtube as well you can subscribe hit the notification bell and never miss an episode when it goes live which is perfect for our everydayers out there who never miss a show and you should be one of those people as well it's the time to get on board it's a new year and it's a new toronto raptors team baby 124 121 the raptors win as emmanuel quickly and rj barrett make their debuts for toronto on the same day that og ananobi had a nice debut over for the new york knicks as well and joining me here to talk for the first time in the new year and for the first time since the toronto raptors made a big trade it's our pal vivek jacob from sportsnet and all over the place big v how the hell are you happy new year bud happy new year our first conversation of 2024 and we have some new guys to talk about yeah we have a win to talk love about. new guys we love new guys it's the <laughs> best <laughs> we have a win to talk about also fresh and new and unfor- unf- unfamiliar to us it's great <laughs> and we have pascal being pascal and scotty kind of being scotty <laughs> yeah he was scotty late that's what matters yeah. most for sure exactly uh yeah this was a fun one it, you know we were texting last night and uh, you know i said something like oh this is the first time i've been excited for a raptors game since like the second week of this season and you said i think this is the first time i've been excited in like 18 months so uh <laughs> or was it the start of last season whatever it was yeah it, it's yeah. been some trying times here frankly uh the podcast felt like i was like going a little insane over the last month or so as everything was the same every Every single day and it's really nice to see some fresh stuff happen we'll dig into it all today we'll talk about mostly barrett and quickly not just their own performances but how their arrival is going to inform the play of the other guys on the team and what we saw that might indicate that sort of change or whatever might sort of be at play with the team dynamic 
we'll get into all that based on what happened in the Cavs game today. We got, the, yeah, we've got, of course, the good, the bad, and the hmm to round the show as well. Uh, as I, I'm very much in holiday mode and, and having a hard time speaking words, apparently. But let's dive in. Big V, Barrett, quickly, where do you want to start with these two guys here off the top? What caught your eye about the, the way Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett fit or did not fit or, you know, might fit as the time goes along here in their debut for the Raptors in this three point win over Cleveland? Yeah, I thought they were uh, solid debuts on both ends. I think mm-hmm. there's obviously gripes that you will have with either quickly with the foul trouble, RJ with some of the decision-making, five turnovers. But I think right off the top with the first quarter, you saw the offense in just a much better flow. And I think that comes down to obviously both quickly and Barrett's ability to get to the basket. You have four guys in that five that can handle the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a different variety of shooting on the floor now, which helps. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think that really helped the offensive flow. Uh, defensively, uh, obviously, uh, was a downgrade <laughs> when you lose a guy like OG. But, uh, you know, I think that the thing that's going to be interesting is you're seeing Scotty have to defend at the point of attack more, which mm-hmm. is obviously not something uh, that y- you want. And we've seen his success in the back line. So, but that's part of, you know, uh, the downside of this trade. And there's going to be uh, more occasions where that happens. I think when you focus on quickly, uh, offensively, I think it's just a completely different dimension, right? right. Uh, in terms of what he adds to the Raptors attack. Um, Barrett, you know, if you look at, there was that stretch where, um <clears throat> the Cavs cut, cut into the lead and offensively I think uh it was a lineup with Scotty and quickly was in there and maybe Boucher as well um, yeah it was quickly Scotty Barrett Trent and Boucher right start of the fourth yeah right mm-hmm. uh and I think that's a situation where one you have to prioritize Scotty more and mm-hmm. two Scotty's also got to be more assertive uh in a lineup like that uh the positive that comes with an RJ is when he sees that no one's kind of, <laughs> you, know, you know, taking the lead, he'll be like, Hey, someone's got to take control here. And he will. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we saw the good and bad of that, where you kind of had late clock situations where he's saying, okay, someone's got to make something happen now. And he kind of goes into that bully ball mode, tried to make something happen uh, at the basket and it worked once and it didn't work twice. <laughs> uh, and, and that's going to be part of the experience. But I think, the main difference from New York coming here is he goes from being a third option with high expectations as a lottery pick um, and always having to defend uh, the opposing team's best player to what should be a more limited role here. He mm-hmm. should at best be the fourth option uh, in this offense behind Scotty, Pascal, quickly and uh, defensively. You know, more often than not, he was defending like Karis Levert and uh, Dean Wade on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here and there, you saw him on Mitchell. And I think those things will help him uh, in terms of the development. Yeah, for sure. I, I think for me, the sort of thing I pull away from having these two guys is A, like 
having seven guys who you can just set your watch to rotation wise, which, you know, Gary Trent Jr. obviously has had his moments this season, but as the seventh most important player on your team, you're totally fine with that. And he was, you know, he had his moments tonight. He didn't have a great three point shoot tonight. He had a couple of other areas where he was pretty effective. He had six rebounds, which is look at Gary Trent Jr. Getting them boards lately. It's a, it's a brand new world for him too. Um, but yeah, just like having seven good reliable and gets paid shirt tomorrow (laughs) i might go to scotty we'll get to that later on am i good um but yeah i I think having just seven reliable nba rotation players you can kind of mix and match all of whom kind of have their own little thing that they do right you got quickly with his sort of jitterbug stuff both on and off the ball the pull-up shooting the floaters my god the floaters big v i know he missed a couple down the stretch but uh having a point guard who can just take and make a floater it's a beautiful thing. I can't like it. What are we talking like prime Kyle? The last time we really saw that. Yeah. Um, it's just, man, delicious. There was a nice one he had where he faked the three. Yeah. Uh, in the corner mm-hmm. and then just took, you know, those stutter steps towards the basket and then just dropped it in quickly with sort of bully drives, which I think, you know, he's not the three point shooter. OG Ananobi is obviously, I do think his drives are more productive than OG's drives are just sort of as like a rule. Um, he's got a little bit more craft there. He's got a way higher free throw rate and all that stuff. Um, like he kind of turns those drives into more. And if he can really start to harness a little bit more drive and kick, I, I think that bodes quite well for RJ Barrett's fit on this team as well. Obviously, he's going to have to hit his threes. He was one of two tonight. Uh, his one three came on a beautiful, perfect RJ Barrett possession where he drives in, makes a quick uh, read over to the opposite corner. It swings back around to him and he quick fires a three from up top. Like that's just simple, beautiful basketball. And if RJ can do that, like he's going to fit in beautifully on this team. Again, he's not going to have three-point gravity necessarily, at least until he can change scouting reports and really kind of make catch-and-shoots the thing he leans on. He's had pretty good catch-and-shoot numbers over his career. He's at like 38% this season, which is perfectly fine. Maybe like a little better than that, but it's fine. Um, and so you have those two guys and all the different dimensions that we know Scotty and Yak and Scott and uh, Pascal Siakam bring. Um, we know Dennis Schroeder has his own thing that he does, which sometimes is maddening. Um, Gary Tran Jr. is just straight buckets and threes. Like I, I think there's just a nice interplay with these seven guys. It's not perfect. There's still going to be spacing, spacing issues at times. And I think we saw that down the stretch with the starting lineup. There's still going to be some cramped moments where you maybe take out Jakob Pertle so you can go a little smaller. You couldn't do that in figuring out of the rotations. But overall, just having those two guys, they're dynamics that they just did not have on this roster. And I think they account and make up for the drop-off in three-point shooting that OG Ananobi takes with him as he leaves out the door, just in terms of adding more to the court geometry and more diff- just different stuff the Raptors can lean on, I suppose. Um, we've got more on these guys. We're going to talk more quickly, Barrett, how they interact with the other players on this team coming up in just a sec. We'll get into Big V's just thoughts on the trade as well, because we haven't had a chance to chat since it all went down. We got the good, the bad, and the hmm coming up later as well. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, the NFL season is wrapping up, but there is still plenty of time for you to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there are tons of ways to bet. you got live same-game parlays. That's a ton of fun. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, and you can make a parlay in the parlay 
Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays that other folks out there are throwing their money down on as well. All that plus your typical spreads, player props, over-unders, and all of that jazz. Maybe you want to go in and just like see if there's a, a bet available for over on a manual quickly floaters made. I don't think that there will be, but you could go and look at it either way. Take the over because it's a thing in the Raptors repertoire. Now it's beautiful. Uh, go to fanduel.com right now. Fanduel.com slash locked on. That is and make your first bet a layup Fanduel official partner of the NFL and of the locked on podcast network. All right, continuing on here, your first listen of the day. Sean Woodley, Vivek Jacob here, breaking down the Raptors. 124-120 win over the Cavs. Just a heads up, later this week, we got loads of stuff to come. Uh, again, this episode you'll probably hear on Tuesday. There'll be another episode later in the day, Tuesday, with the Locked On Knicks boys, Alex and Gavin. Might just be Alex, but either way, uh, we're going to talk about the trade from both sides, talk a little about RJ and Emmanuel quickly and what to expect with Alex. So that should be tons of fun now with uh, one game in the books from each team since the deal. So you have that to look forward to later in the day, Tuesday. We'll have an OG appreciation episode uh, this week at some point as well, because you got to. We love OG Ananobi. Haven't taken the proper time to appreciate his time in Toronto, but we'll get to that and so much more. But Big V, let's dive in just kind of back to where we were with Barrett and quickly and sort of what they mean to this team, what they bring to the mix. I think quickly in particular, you know, it was this was a weird game. I think we could probably see like we could have expected to see some sort of rust and sort of weird, just sort of, you know, this is the what happens when you go to pickup, right? It's like a bunch of strangers. Your first game at pickup, you're kind of figuring out what everybody does. Does that guy shoot? Does that guy like move off the ball? Does he just stand there? What's the dynamic here? That's kind of what it felt like, particularly with that fourth quarter lineup you mentioned, which I think in theory kind of makes a ton of sense having quickly Barrett, Scotty, and Trent together at the very least. You know, Chris Boucher, maybe you take your leave as the fifth guy in that group, but I think those four guys complement each other pretty nicely between the shooting and ball handling between them. Um, and so that lineup to me just felt a lot like they don't yet know where each guy likes to move. There were a couple of times where like quickly and Barnes just kind of cut to the exact same place at the same time. There was some sort of weird spacing when they're trying to run pick and rolls over on the left side of the floor where it was just kind of all cramped over to one side, not really a ton of movement and juice going on. You know, again, Scotty probably needs to take the mantle in those lineups as well. I think if you're playing with Barrett with quickly with Trent, like, that's room for Scotty to get downhill and kick out and create a whole bunch of stuff that the Raptors can then capitalize on. I think that will come, obviously, but I just got to tell you, man, I, I know Barrett is sort of the, the highlight of this one. He had 19 points. He cut, hit the big icing free throws at the end of the game. He had the very smart foul when the Raptors were uh, up three as well. It's the coward's foul, but it's the right thing to do objectively. And it won them the game eventually after they kind of, you know, meandered their way through some missed free throws. Barrett knocks down those ones to close. Um but I do think quickly for me, just the difference that he makes being on the floor and especially contrasted with Dennis Schroeder in this one, which, you know, this was not, I don't think the best of Dennis Schroeder games probably wasn't the worst. There were his moments. Obviously he always has his moments here and there, but just the life that gets breathed into the offense when you have quickly who you don't know if he's going to shoot off the catch, if he's going to drive off the catch, if he's going to bake a shot and then drive, if he's going to pass and then kind of relocate somewhere else. Having that just sort of frenetic energy from a guard, Big V, it's thrilling stuff, man. Like, I don't know, you went a lot on Barrett there. But do you have any sort of thoughts on Quickly in particular uh, and sort of how over time you think he could help change the dynamics of how this team works? Yeah, I mean, I think the compliment 
aspect to Scotty Barnes has been talked about quite a bit, mm-hmm. but I think you're, you're seeing even the way that he's able to work with Jacoperto in a pick and roll, mm-hmm. the way uh, he's able to play off of Pascal. Um, I think those things are what really excite me going forward where, okay, you know, maybe, you know, when you're judging this team, right? I, ideally, I think you now are into just extending Pascal. Um, Please think- just <clears throat> extend Pascal Siakam. I'll, I'll let you go first. I will have a thing on this. <laughs> because I think just even if it is to trade him down the line, mm-hmm. like you're in that territory now where you are going to get, you know, pennies on the dime. And, and yeah. you can't afford to do that with a player like Pascal Siakam. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that your best outcome right now is to get him to sign an extension um, and see uh, what this group can do. You know, I think we were all kind of worn out of seeing what that previous iteration of the roster could do because I think we all knew and we were just watching it play out over and over again. I think uh, the newness that quickly adds in terms of the way he's able to work off of all those players um, is something worth watching out for. And saying, okay, let's now assess this going forward. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think there were moments that I liked defensively. Uh, and yeah. I think uh, he's he's pretty good on the ball, man. He had some really nice contests. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell was hitting all manner of ridiculous shots in this yeah. game. But I thought quickly did a pretty damn good job. No, exactly. I, I thought he did a pretty good job uh, defending on ball. I thought um, there were a couple of times where, uh, he was in the zone um, and he got stuck uh, in the back line and you could see him communicating mm-hmm. uh, and being very vocal. And I thought that was encouraging. And so little things like that, you, you look for and say, okay, you know, that's leadership right off the bat. You know, this isn't a guy saying, Hey, you know, maybe I can't say too much here. Um, and hopefully that continues to be the trend. And, you know, you say that, uh, there was that natural sort of uh, acclimation process that's going to happen. But I also like that because of the seamless fit, there was no sort of your turn, my turn. No. Right. Yeah. Um, It was very much like within the flow of the offense and just different players getting opportunities that way. And that's, and that's probably the biggest thing that I'll say he adds. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll disagree with something Alvin Williams was saying on the broadcast down the stretch where, you know, Pascal was standing in the corner in a possession late. Uh, quickly and Pirtle run a high pick and roll, and it ends with quickly getting like a free throw line, wide open jumper out of it. A shot that he is very good at hitting. Just because he didn't hit this one does not mean he is not extremely adept at that shot. That's like his whole thing is pulling up from the mid-range, from deep. He's got pull-up juice. It's a thrilling thing to see on the Toronto Raptors. My God. Um, But, like, that's a good shot. That's a shot that for the next, hopefully, five to ten years, you're watching Emmanuel quickly hit regularly. And, I, you know, as much as it's nice to think, oh, well, you got to get it to Pascal there because he's had the best night. Like, that's just a really good shot that you create because of the gravity that your lead guard has and the pick-and-roll gravity that Jakob Pertl has playing off of him. To me, that's like perfect late game offense. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Um, even if it did ice out Pascal in a possession, but like I don't know, Pascal did more than enough work to get them where they were going. And we got to get our brains out of this sort of. It's got to be this guy who gets the ball at this time of the game, and then this guy. That's just not healthy basketball. That was the whole thing everyone hated last year. Like 
if you have multiple players and multiple sources of useful offense and good shots, lean into that and diversify it. Try some different stuff out. Quickly's going to hit that shot a lot, and it's going to be awesome over the course of the next little while here. Um, on Pascal, I'm glad you brought him up because if we're talking about how this trade and the new guys sort of interact with the players on the roster and what the decisions are to come, uh, you know, I I thought this before this game, and so I'm not like just using this game as like, oh, well, see, Pascal scored 36, so therefore he must stay. I've been saying this, pounding this drum all season long, even before the OG Ananobi trade. Just simply extend the two-time All-NBA player who is playing really good basketball, by the way, who clearly fits with your burgeoning potential superstar in Scotty Barnes, obviously fits with your pull-up shooting combo guard you just traded for. When you think back, like, when has Pascal been at the best in his career? Oh, it's playing with Kyle Lowry and all-star Fred Van Vliet. Those have been, like, his best seasons. It's because he's really good playing with that type of player. Now you have that type of player after having not had it for half a year. And also, he wants to be in Toronto. You have it all in your plate to just give him the extension and give this thing some runway. Yes, things will get crunchy cap-wise in 2025-26 when Scotty Barnes is presumably making at least the 25% rookie max extension, maybe the 30% at this rate if he makes an All-NBA team or something like that. Um, you know, maybe we're getting a cart before the horse there. But, like, you have Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and Emmanuel Quickly, a trio that clearly, if you, like, understand how basketball works fit with one another the rest of the roster maybe not perfectly suited but i do think yaka Pertl makes a lot more sense on this team with emmanuel quickly than it did and he did you know on friday before this trade went down i think rj barrett is a guy where you can maybe play with his role a little bit maybe he becomes more of a six man that's totally fine too you have three more years of rj barrett to figure out where he fits into the mix here i think siakam barnes and quickly as a trio has enough juice and the market is such for Siakam that you're just going to be better off just extending Pascal and seeing what this group can do through the end of this season and into next. I, I just I don't see how picking up the scraps from the Hawks or the Pacers like non-premium prospects is really going to tangibly affect winning and moving this thing forward more than just keeping freaking Pascal Siakam, who had 36 points tonight on 13 of 20 shooting. He had a great three-point shooting night, five of eight. He's not going to do that all the time, but he can do that. And he's also just been a two-point machine for you all season long. He helps you be this rim pressure juggernaut that I kind of think this team can be now with the additions of Barrett and quickly as well. It just, to me, feels so obvious, and everything that the reporting suggests is that the Raptors are not keen on giving him an extension right now, and I just think that's dumb, Big V. I'm going to be mad about this until we get through the deadline, just anticipating what's going to go down here, but um, you kind of said your piece a little bit, but do you have any other thoughts on the idea of Pascal and just extending him and giving this thing some more run? Well, the one thing the front office should recognize is the, the trade now kind of has taken the gun away from their head, right? hundred percent. The, the yeah. toy gun, if you will, that yeah. Masai talks about that comes up at 3 PM at the deadline <clears throat> and it, it, and it's kind of eased that tension. And so you are in this window where you can say, Hey, okay, we want to extend Pascal. And more than that, like, why are you treating this guy who is going to go down as one of the greatest in franchise history this way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you have a chance to salvage the divorce <laughs> as well if that's what you want to do down the line right <laughs> yeah like yeah. 
the rest of the guys who are who are in that conversation ahead of him in this com- in this conversation, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Chris Bosh, Vince Carter, you didn't treat these guys this way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and and so it's been really strange to see, like right from media day when they've just been like, yeah, no, we haven't talked, um, and you know the kind of hints that were made with the selfishness and this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's been bizarre. And like someone who should be like such a such a like a pinnacle story of what the Raptors are about from Mm -hmm. like going from what he was in the G League and winning the championship with the 905 and then coming up to the Raptors winning most improved, then accomplishing all the things he has uh, with the franchise being top five uh, in all those, you know, uh, points, rebounds, assists, all of that. Um, yeah, it's, it's just extremely strange how it's played out. And again, the last point I'll come back to is even if it's to trade him down the line, Mm -hmm. you have to get this extension done because that's the only way you're going to get appropriate market value for a player of Pascal Siakam's caliber. Yep. Yeah, man. Uh, it seems so simple and yet, uh, timelines or whatever like you just got two 23 and 24 year old guys like it not everybody has to be in that have had to has to have been in, like in grade 10 at the same time right like no like you can have different aged players on a basketball team and i, I feel like that plus the like well they're gonna have to figure out the cap stuff in a year and a half like yeah every team has to do that like it's tough building a team is hard so you're paid to do is maneuver the salary cap um we've lingered on this long enough we'll come back on the other side we will close it out with the good the bad and the hmm to uh, wrap up this show and uh put our final thoughts on this Cavs game we'll do that in just a second but first, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the single best way to play daily fantasy sports. You simply got to check them out. It's super easy. All you got to do with Prize Picks, it's not like you're going up against some expert or a thousand other teams where you're hoping you had the luck of picking this, the best roster on a given night. No, it's just you against the stats projections, courtesy Prize Picks, and that's how it should be. All you got to do is make two to six player entries on a given entry on a, on a given night and whether they will get more or less than the prize picks projection for certain stat categories points rebounds assists of course is extends to all the other f- sports as well football baseball hockey on down the line and all you got to do is get all those six correct or four or five whatever you've done if you get all six on an entry correct you get up to 25 times your money and that is pretty go to prizepicks.com slash locked in nba use the code locked in nba for a first deposit match for 200 bucks that's prizepicks.com Slash locked in NBA code locked in NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, rounding out the show here with Big V, Vivek Jacob from Sportsnet. Uh, just a heads up Locked on Sports Today 24 7 is a 24 7 first of its kind streaming channel where we got all the locked on national shows as well as the local shows covering the biggest stories. Yours truly was on there today, baby, because, of course, the Toronto Raptors are the only team people can think about after that trade over the weekend. I guess the Knicks, too, but whatever. Uh, go check out Locked in Sports today, 24-7. Just put it on in the background while you're working all day, and your workday will go by like a dream. Okay, Big V, good, bad, hmm, thing we liked, thing we didn't like, thing we're a little bit intrigued by going forward here. What you got from this game with your good to start? 
Look, I'm going with the obvious answer. <clears throat> Pascal was just outstanding. I mean, we can do more Pascal propaganda. Shout out to our buddy on Twitter at Pascal Propaganda. Sorry to steal <laughs> the name, but that let's do it. Let's more Pascal. He was awesome. <laughs> he was unbelievable. And I mean, I think again, rightfully, people are thinking about the future and saying, hey, what does the Scotty quickly fit look like? But you give Pascal. <laughs> You know, more depth, more sh- more shooting around him, more ball handling around him. It, this is what it looks like. And, and I think, you know, is he going to drop 36 every night uh, this efficiently? No. But I, I think you're giving him more opportunities to cook one-on-one. Um, and I think uh, he's going to take full advantage of that. And, yeah, a very good player did amazing things tonight. Sure did. Uh, speaking of a very good player doing some amazing things, it was not a banner night for Scotty Barnes for the most part. Uh, but I do think he really kind of rounded into form as he's want to do in the fourth quarter and specifically down the stretch. And my good are two plays. One, the very like incredible, like just like overwhelmingly physical swooping finish he had uh, late in this game uh, to put the Raptors up. And then also that board, that rebound at the end to uh, force the, you know, the, the last sort of gasp of free throws back and forth. Just flying out of nowhere, skying of everybody, everybody else, like he was about to dunk it into his own net to grab a board. Just yeah. that's what you love to see, man. A really, really remarkable rebound. Um, that's the good. We're just talking about a single rebound and a single bucket because that's the thing with the good, the bad, and the hmm. We can get as granular as we bloody well please. What you got for your bad, Big V? Well, the backup five situation is not good. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you got. Pretty much nothing out of that. You got pretty much nothing out of Boucher. Um, and, and that is going to be a big challenge. We have no update on Christian Coloco um, and what his availability looks like going forward. So, man, uh, how much clearer does this whole picture look if Christian Coloco is available and playing, man? Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Man. So, so that was my bad and becomes, you know, you, you could kind of see it coming. And then when you see the way the minutes shake out, uh, that was rough to see. Uh, so there's got to be some type of follow-up move if Coloco uh, is not going to be back anytime soon. My bad comes with a bit of an optimistic but. So free throws. It was bad in this game. They were 29 of 40. Not what you want to see. However, I do think the trade is going to have a pretty tangible impact on this team's season-long free throw issues obviously scotty barnes pascal siakam have had their ups and downs from the line but you're replacing og ananobi and precious achua who respectively og had a 71 percent free throw percentage this season with a 14 percent free throw rate so he was not getting to the line all that much anyway precious 25 percent free throw rate pretty good but shot 57 percent you're replacing that with emmanuel quickly 87 percent of the line 28 percent free throw rate and R.J. Barrett, 83% of the line, 32% free throw rate. So they're going to get to the line more, and they got two guys now who are basically knockdown free throw shooters. I think the days of this team kind of pissing away games because they can't knock down their free throws, it'll still happen. Jakob Pertl will still play games and still get hacked and stuff probably, but to have those two dudes who are high-volume free throw guys uh, or should be high-volume free throw guys on this team taking a lot of them, that's going to be, I think, a pretty big salve to what's been a very annoying problem for the Raptors this season. So it's a bad, but 
I think there is some optimism to be had there after the trade. Let's go to the hmm. What you got for your hmm? So my hmm is still staying in the center category. Uh, And, you know, I think because of the Cavs uh, big situation and how they like to play, uh, I'm not willing to say that Yak is revived, but I Mm -hmm. am kind of wondering, hmm, is Yak revived by this trade a little bit? And why aren't you saying is yak back? Come on now. The rhyme is right there for you, man. You're a professional, or at least supposed to be. Uh, and so that's something that I'll be looking to see going forward. Uh, what's that chemistry between him and quickly going to look like? How is, you know, the rim pressure and all of that going to impact him? Um, and you know, you get those shot attempts at the basket, you know, even now when RJ goes hard to the basket and he misses, you know, if Yak is in there battling and is able to secure the rebound and a putback, you know, that, that's still a, a positive possession. And so how much of that are we going to see, um, TBD, obviously just one game and a matchup that probably suits him with Jared Allen in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's see, let's see what this looks like now for Yak. Yeah, I definitely think offensively, I mean, there was like a very early pick and roll connection between Quickly and Yak, and I was like, oh my God, like a just a straight ahead, not too fancy pick and roll pocket pass to Yaka Pirtle <laughs> for a dunk. It's beautiful stuff. Like we haven't seen a whole lot of that this year. Obviously, the spacing with him and Dennis is just not there. Teams don't care about Dennis as a shooter. They do care about Emmanuel Quickly. That matters for the spacing situation so i think the offense really does stand a chance of like kind of coming along to looking more like it did after the trade last season with yak the defense still remains to be seen he had a nice defensive game for sure three blocks he really stood up jared allen a few times had a few just like really nice stretches of defense that's great to see for a guy who's not been awesome at that end so far for long stretches this season um, but I'm, you know, it's not like this was a, a glorious defensive effort from the Raptors or anything like that. They won this game because they could kind of score a little bit more and that's nice. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see on the D with, with Yak, but definitely encouraging signs there. No doubt a worthy, Hmm. Uh, even with your missed rhyme opportunity, unreal. Um, my, uh, Hmm is about roster spots or rotation spots, eight and nine. We got Thad Young tonight for two minutes. I don't know if we'll ever see Thad Young play a basketball game again, frankly. Uh, I was surprised we saw him in this one. I thought he was just kind of in emergency duty on Saturday. But nope, there he is playing small ball five. And look, there was a time where Thad Young was a delight as a small ball five. I kind of think that time has passed, sadly. And I'm saying this as a, as a big Thad Young fan and big Thad Young head. Um, Chris Boucher, just not a center, and kind of got bullied around in this game. Didn't do a whole lot, you know one rebound to show for 11 minutes of action has kind of looked a little bit lost. I, I I don't know if he's the guy there. Maybe he's the ninth guy. I do think we got to see Murado Porter jr. I've actually kind of liked the couple little flourishes of auto at the five we've seen over the last little handful of games here. Wouldn't mind seeing more of that. Jalen McDaniels. I don't know, but you know, this might be the time to brush off Grady Dick and get him back in there, especially considering the spacing on this team is still not optimal, right? There's still lots of guys that teams sag off of. And as much as Grady Dick has missed his shot so far this season, that's still the thing he's supposed to do. And it feels like for a team that's 13 and 20, why not give it a shot with Grady Dick to see if he can kind of get his, his mojo going a little bit here. Um, so maybe he's the eighth guy. 
Jonte Porter, anybody? Like, are, are we in? Are we at that time now? Jonte Porter, back up five minutes. They're bad at defense anyway. What do you need Jonte Porter's defense for? He's out there to hit threes and stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That, that's that's a tricky one to sort out. My go-to inclination right now is Scotty at the five has to be kind of a, a big part of their package. But um, that's tough. You know, losing Precious. You know, I know you're you know, all right with it. I know I'm sad, but also understand it completely, and I'm not broken up about it necessarily. But the lack of size at the big man position that was felt in this one. So we'll see how it comes along. Maybe they can gerrymander some lineups here to have Scotty kind of fill in as a backup five here and there a little bit more often. We shall see. Either way, that's going to do it for today's show. Big V, anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Just the usual stuff. Uh, Sportsnet, Raptors. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. Happy New Year to everyone watching and listening. New um, Year, new raps. Well, that'll do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow, subscribe to your rate, review, tell a friend. It's all very much appreciated when you do that. Support the show. Uh, join our Discord. Link is in the description. It's free to join. It's a perfect time now. Although, I'm getting dangerously close to muting anybody or blocking anybody who does Pascal fake trades because I just think it's bad. Uh, I'm kidding. Drop your Pascal trades in there. All you want, I'll just disagree with them. Um, unless they're getting like Jalen Johnson. That's kind of the one guy where it's like, okay, if you can pull that off. Okay, I can see where you're coming from. But either way, we will leave it there. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again later in the day on Tuesday with the Locked On Knicks boys to talk about the trade in more depth. Um, then we'll, we'll talk to you then. Thanks so much for hanging. Bye-bye. Happy New Year.